episode two of Too Integrated. Now I say good evening because it's actually 1am when I'm recording this. I recorded this a couple of days ago and I absolutely hated the entire thing so this is my second time doing it. Hopefully I can get it right this time. I'm like really such a perfectionist when it comes to these things and I wasn't telling the stories right the first time so here we are doing it again. On this week's episode you're joined only by myself Irina because my brother does have a full-time job so he's already occupied whereas I'm just a full-time student. But also, this story is about my integration process here in Ireland, so I have plenty to talk about on my own. So on the last episode, we left off right before we were going to school. So we arrived in Ireland on the 4th of September 2007, and the next day, on the 5th of September 2007, we went off to school. Now, My parents did not give us a day to settle down or kind of take it all in. You know, take a breather, relax, like you just moved country. Take a day for yourself to process this. Nope, 7am, off to school. Off you go, girl. Get your education, because that's what we came here for. I arrive in school and I am met with the principal and she hands me a uniform. I couldn't believe myself, to be honest, because in Albania I was going to a mixed school with no uniform, not a lot of structure really and this just felt extremely formal to me. I had no idea that I was showing up to a class of just all girls but I was really like weirded out. I was like how can I be here with all girls? I thought it was the most abnormal thing ever and I just kept thinking like how can you separate two genders, two human beings? I know it sounds dramatic but genuinely I found it crazy because next to us was the boys' school, and we weren't allowed to hang out with the boys, like, in the yard, and that was bizarre to me. Like, we were kids, like, I just couldn't believe that you couldn't cross the line to the other side. I just found it so strange, because obviously in Albania, it was totally fine for me to be friends with whoever I wanted, and I couldn't get used to the fact that this was it, like, you just had to stay with the girls the entire time. The uniform that I was handed there's actually two. There was a tracksuit and a dress, like a pinafore. I absolutely hated the pinafore. Never wore it. Like, I was the kid who always wore the tracksuit. I was quite a tomboy. Not really a tomboy. I just absolutely hated dresses, to be honest. I loved anything but a dress. I just wanted to be comfortable the entire time so that I could play, we'll say, freely. But I absolutely did have to wear that pinafore anytime the Lord Mayor came. That was literally my only exception. I was like, sure, I'll do it for that one photo. So before I get into this topic deeply, we'll say, I have to make like a disclaimer, okay? So if you knew me in primary school, no, you didn't. I had no idea who I was anymore. I'd gone through this entirely huge change in my life and had to adjust to such a different society and one that was so freeing and I had to unlearn so many things that were taught to me as a young child and I just had to become a different person honestly it was a huge change and a huge adjustment to my life I kind of went from being a completely foreign child to someone integrating into an Irish society and a civil society in Albania I valued my education to the extreme and this was every child 
back then. We were all taught to value us and continue our education and learn as much as possible. And as well, it's so competitive over there. Like you would think that it's competitive here, but it really isn't. And I found this so difficult to adjust to in the beginning. When I was going to school for those two years in Albania, in our classroom, there was a clear, clear divide between who were the smart students and who weren't. Like this was displayed, okay? And what I mean by this is we had a table up in our classroom and on it were photos of students who were A students, basically. Students who were really intelligent, who were doing amazing. On this board, there were, I believe it was like maybe six to eight students, no more. And basically this board was called Board of Noticed Students or Noticeable Students. Meaning that if you're doing well, you were noticed because there was a photo of you on that board. And... I happen to be on that board. I think I might put up the photo on Instagram as well. But I remember when I was asked to be on the board. And this was huge news. Like I ran to my mom like hugging her. Because to get on this board you literally had to be consistently good. Like you had to show results. And imagine I was in first and second class. Like my mom was so proud. And I was so happy to be on it. And join the other students. And we went to take the photo. I'll definitely put it up because it's quite... A moment like <laughs> like it was such a special thing that you had to work hard to get up there i know like people will be listening to this and they'll be like but you're only in first and second class like who cares like if you were on that board you were talked about constantly the parents were jealous if their child wasn't on it and whoever's child was on it they were extremely proud and would boast about it and would be like look i have nothing to worry about she's on the board she's a well-known great student And anyone who came in and out of the classroom would see it was extremely important to literally everyone. But then coming into Ireland, I obviously still had that drive for education and still wanted to do well and be noticed. In primary school, everyone's treated equally. That's the kind of impression I get anyways in Irish schools, that they kind of try and treat everyone as equally as possible. I was like, oh my gosh, how can you not differentiate who's a great student and who isn't. It was just something that I really had to unlearn and be like, okay, it's okay to be equal. Like, it's okay to be like everyone else as a seven-year-old, which is ridiculous to even say out loud. It was just so strange to come here and all you're going to get is a well done or a very good and that's it. Like, go go about your day, you know? So that took some, like, getting used to because I kind of had to be humble about my accomplishments and not show them off to everyone whereas in Albania if you got an A you had bragging privileges like you could talk about that all you wanted to. Looking back I do prefer the equal treatment rather than the competitiveness because it's just not healthy for a child to think that way. When I got to Ireland I got to fully enjoy my education rather than be worried about it all the time, which is what I did in Albania. Now, just before I get into this part, this is about abuse, so if anyone is affected by it, please do not listen to the next two minutes or three. Now, something that I had to wrap my head around was the fact that there was no abuse in the classroom by teachers. It was genuinely so shocking to me that this kind of boundary even existed between the teacher and the student. 
Now, I was lucky to have quite a nice teacher, even though like she did have her moments. But in like second class, our teacher got switched and this one that we got was terrible like she was very very abusive and absolutely scared the life out of the children like I wish I was exaggerating it definitely traumatized a lot of us seeing that behavior in an environment where we were there to learn but I believe that that does not happen anymore the degrading terms and the shouting probably is still a thing but abuse isn't really Unless it's like somewhere like in the deep countryside, then they have yet to kind of get with the times. So I come to Ireland and I join everyone in third class. So at this point, I'm just turning nine because my birthday is in September. Here in Ireland, you learn how to read and write at the age of four, right? When you go to like junior infants. Yeah, that does not exist in Albania. You go to play school until the age of seven. Keep in mind, I learned to read and write when I was seven, going into first class. Thinking about that now, it's crazy to me how kids learn so early. And I couldn't grasp my head around that for a while when I was growing up. I was like, what? Like this four-year-old next to me can read? When I went into my class, I had this great teacher that I valued so much and I was so appreciative of her. So when I arrived the first day, she gave me a lot of free books. Of course, she knew that I was foreign. Like my parents did not know where the bookshop was to get these books. We were very much reliant on the school. I mean, even the uniform, I didn't have to buy it. They gave it to me because they knew that this was a foreign family coming in and they were really understanding and extremely helpful, which we appreciated so much. My family had, and myself, of course, we always had so much respect for my principal because she always helped us out with anything. Like she was so great and so I go into third class and this teacher she gives me all these free math books free English books she even gave me like an exercise book and this kind of book you would give to someone in junior infants I'm sure it was a junior infants book because of course keep in mind I also did not know any English so I had to catch up with everyone else like I had to kind of jump from junior infants to third class in very little amount of time the first day that I arrived, she gives me this green copy to write on. On the cover of the copy, she writes something so peculiar. Like, myself and my family were generally so shocked. She just writes, religion, question mark. And she kind of tells me, like, with gestures, of course, because I had no idea what she was saying, that I have to give it to my parents and they have to answer this question. We were all like, why do they care about religion? Like, what does it matter? My parents answered the question and they said that we were Christian. And this was just to avoid any discrimination, any kind of prejudice, anything like that. Because my family are actually Muslim. We didn't grow up practicing Islam. In Albania, the country is very much 50-50. Or we'll say like 48, we'll say, are Catholic. And the rest are Muslim. It's also like extremely peaceful because it is 50-50. Like... There isn't any discrimination, there isn't any like... I'm going to try to explain this as best as possible, but everyone kind of celebrates each other's festivities, which is going to sound really weird to someone who is a Christian. Like, I'd say they wouldn't celebrate something to do with Islamic culture and stuff, because obviously it's known as like cultural appropriation, isn't it? In Albania, that's really not the case. Before the Ottoman period, Albania was completely christian or catholic sorry whereas after the ottoman period when turkey invaded then islam kind of came about as well 
But the thing with religion in Albania is that not a lot of people practice. There are plenty that do, okay? But there are plenty that don't as well. A huge part of why Albanians don't practice their religion is because during communism, they were not allowed to. The dictator, Enver Hoxha, did not allow people to practice. He actually burnt down any mosques, any churches, any place of worship. It was completely demolished. He just wanted people to look up to him and no one else. So this just resulted in people praying and practicing in complete privacy and secrecy. They had to hide it from everyone. If someone caught you practicing this religion, they had to report it. But then there would be serious consequences for this person. And so because people were not allowed to practice, it kind of resulted in... Albania developing without a concrete religion and this was all because it had been stripped away from them because they weren't allowed to follow a religion. It became quite hard for people to get back into it and continue that lifestyle really. Religion is mostly part of the tradition and culture not so much as a religious thing if that makes sense. So with us we obviously label ourselves as Muslims but We don't practice, we mostly just celebrate the religious days, we'll say. My dad, however, he used to not practice, but ever since he came into Ireland, he started to practice. Which is quite ironic, because I mean, coming into a Catholic country, and then you suddenly just turn into a full practicing Muslim. I think it's quite cool. But he also doesn't force us to do it, because... We weren't really raised with practicing the religion. So it's just our choice. If we want to, we can, as it is his choice. Um, So anyways, we were very like not used to that aspect of asking what religion you are in the school. Like That was never the case when we were growing up. But here, it's huge. Like when we came here, we were like, what? Why do people care so much? Like you can follow whatever you want to follow. We have very much an open mind with religion in Albania. And I don't think that that's the case here in Ireland. I know people do think that it is, but comparing it to over there, it's really not. And I think that that is one of the best traits that the Albanian culture or society has. I know many people have different opinions and that's totally fine too. This is just how I was raised and I like not differentiating between religions. I say I've gone to more churches than I've gone to a mosque, like, I'm not even joking. Try to be aware that there are discriminations between religions and my parents did not want that for me growing up here in Ireland because I mean I was already foreign like we can't just add a different religion to her so they kind of wanted me to have a calm and peaceful childhood with as little discrimination as possible and I enjoyed learning stuff about the church like I'd never been in a church before but I'm pretty sure I'd also never been in a mosque before so it was very cool to just learn the two different worlds I guess. Back to school the day that I had arrived the teacher that I loved so much she also handed me a journal you know like a school journal just a normal one and I had no idea what it was like I had never owned a journal before schools in Albania did not have journals back then and I don't think they had they have them now like it's just not a part of the school system I feel like that would be really expensive for them to even make them to be honest and schools aren't like they're funded but I mean, it's not as great. And getting this journal, I genuinely thought that it was such a privilege, like that I was the most privileged child ever to have this thing that organizes my entire day. Like now looking back, I really, I'm not sure where I wrote my homework 
as a child. Like, I'd say I wrote it on my hand because how did I remember all the stuff that I had to do? I literally loved that journal. I was like, whoa, like, this is a holy grail. I was really fascinated when I first came here. I loved the kindness that this one teacher showed me. I genuinely thought she was the kindest person ever, even though she was probably doing the bare minimum. She was doing her job, but I valued it so, so much because I was getting all these things for free and... They were great books and I knew that I was going to get a great education here because that's what my parents had told me and that was the reason that we moved so that we would have a better future here. And so like anything that was given to me, I kind of took because I felt less privileged than everyone else around me. Like they obviously had way more than I did because I was kind of going into that classroom with nothing but that one uniform. I'm sure I didn't even have a backpack. Like where did my parents get me a backpack? We had just arrived the day before and next step, of course, was making friends and just communicating with others, basically. Making friends wasn't too difficult, but because I had been mute, basically, for so long, I kind of had to let everyone know that I was able to talk now and, like, that I was normal again. When everyone had already known that I couldn't speak English, I wasn't like the rest of them were, you know, that, that had already been, like, engraved in their brain, we'll say. Like, I had to convince everyone that, I was a child just like the rest of them were. That's genuinely what it felt like because in the beginning, of course, I wasn't approachable because I couldn't speak to them. And and I was quite a conscious child, so I knew all of this. I kind of had to like take it all in and be like, look, this is okay. You've been through all this and now you can communicate, so it'll just take time. Now, with friends also came parties. And of course, like many people when we were growing up, would have parties in like Monkey Maze, Supernova, I don't know, Chucky's maybe. And all these places were very much far out from where I was living. And of course, my parents did not have cars, couldn't drive at all. So I couldn't go to these parties. And I absolutely did want to go. Like, of course, I was a kid. I wanted to join everyone because everyone was invited. But I kind of had to hold back because like, my parents had no idea where places were. We couldn't get a bus to this place. It was just difficult to arrange, really. And we didn't know other parents so that we could carpool or arrange any of that. We were very much on the outside. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't even tell my parents that I got invited anywhere. I don't think I did do that because I didn't want them to feel that kind of pressure. And after a while, I kind of got used to not going to the parties. So I was just like... Eh, like this is fine nothing new here but eventually as I was making friends my friend's parents would so kindly inquire about me and wonder how I was getting to the party or what was happening with me because of course they also knew that I was a foreign kid because I mean they were picking up their child there every day like and so they offered to take me with them to go to the party which I was always so grateful when I got to go to my first party and this is quite a funny story. Like, this is just the epitome of being foreign. The first party that I went to was somewhere in Supernova. But, of course, as we know, Supernova is a place where you play around and jump in swings and slides. And my mom was like, yep, you're wearing a skirt. And I was like, no, because obviously I hated any dress skirt kind of thing. And I refused, but she literally put me in one anyway. She was like, no, you have to look nice. Like, this is your first party. So I was like, oh, fine. Like, I guess I'll do it. And so I show up to Supernova in a skirt. And the girls are literally just looking at me. They're like, what are you doing? And of course, I had no idea what Supernova was. Like, I didn't know that this was it. I never wore a skirt again, by the way. I learned 
my mistake. And then I went home to my mom and I was like, I can't believe you did this to me. Like you put me in a skirt. <laughs> I was just so, so grateful anytime any parent offered to drop me off at this party or at this thing. I just loved it so much because I got to go somewhere. I got to get out of the house and kind of get out of the stressful at home situation because of course like we weren't having a great time integrating in the beginning like my mom had the most difficult time I was just so grateful to get out and have a good time and kind of get back to my childhood I remember as like a kid I felt so terrible that we couldn't kind of return the favor to those parents when it came to the driving like it was kind of like we were taking but we weren't giving anything and I felt so guilty about that as a child I was like oh like I wish my parents were capable because often I felt that they were incapable when they actually just had yet to settle in and kind of get used to stuff because it was taking longer for them like the older you are the longer it takes you to learn things and to adjust children can learn stuff in an instant I was understanding of that but I wasn't accepting of it if that makes sense and I would always blame them for stuff like, why can't you do this? Like, why aren't you as capable? I felt like I was being held back because of them. Like now I understand that that wasn't the case. And I always felt like other children had it so easy because their parents could communicate fine with everyone and they would source stuff at an instant. And as well, everyone had cars. So I was like, wow, like their life must be so so easy I don't know I don't know a person who does not have a car genuinely I don't coming here I was like oh my goodness like how does everyone have a car like that must be so expensive I couldn't believe it because no one had cars in Albania like I mentioned in the previous episode and so of course Ireland was very rainy at the time when we came okay not how it is today it was raining like every single day when we first came, we had to walk to school and walk back home. And on days where it was lashing the entire day, we would absolutely get soaked to the bone. Like, it was terrible to go into school and you would just have a wet uniform. You know, you couldn't change, you couldn't do anything. After a while, my parents were like, okay, like, this just isn't it. Like, this is terrible. Our, par- our children are just going to get sick every now and then if we keep going like this so their solution was for me to arrive to school in waterproof clothes and then I would change in school now this I hated doing because as soon as I would arrive to school everyone would see me in different clothing that already kind of excluded me arriving in different clothing and then having to go to the bathroom and change and all this extra ordeal, whereas kids would just show up dry, no problem. At first I was like, how are all these people showing up dry? Like, did you not walk to school the same way I did for half an hour? Like, I didn't get the fact that they just all had cars. After a while, of course I did, but in the beginning, I was like, what, did you not walk to school? And I remember, like, I'd asked them, like, once I learned English, I was like, um, like, they'd be like, why are you wet? I was like, hello? Like, it's lashing, like, I, I walk. I was like the amount of privilege that these kids hold and they have absolutely no idea like I was grateful to show up to school dry you know whenever it wasn't raining it was a great day for me like (laughs) and as well kind of speaking of privilege I feel like many people have come to learn about the privilege that they hold and I definitely had this feeling when I was younger of feeling less privileged than other kids but not knowing that that's what it was It was kind of crazy to me how they wouldn't realize how privileged they were. But of course, you were all kids. But I definitely understood it because I was at the other end of 
the spectrum. I knew what was going on the entire time, but of course they weren't aware because they were living that life constantly, like that's what they were used to. And in that sense, I feel like it has taught me so much because anytime I do see this happen or witness stuff like this, I'm always so aware as to how to react and how to behave and I feel like it's great to be humble in these kind of cases and people often aren't because they're a bit oblivious to what's going on. I mean you might think that you aren't oblivious but you hold so much privilege that you just don't know. Like even when I hear my friends when we're having certain conversations and like this of course like isn't their fault like they were born into this I suppose. Often when we have conversations I'm like wow like you don't realize how lucky that we are that we live this kind of lifestyle because in eastern europe like it absolutely just isn't like this at all it's so much more different and i personally am so grateful to be where i am today because i don't think i would have had the life that i live at the moment if i was still living in albania i'm gonna get into a little bit about like the strictness we'll say of an albanian school So as soon as a teacher would come into the classroom, students would have to get up and greet them immediately. And any time that you had to answer a question, we had to stand up from our seat and answer it. These are very much like kind of old fashioned kind of things. Basically, how you would get graded. I'm going to try and explain this as best as I can. For example, let's say like the teacher is giving you homework on history and it's to learn off something about like, I don't know, Christopher Columbus or whatever. And she says, oh, you can learn this paragraph and tell me what happens in the story tomorrow. The teacher would ask you to talk about Christopher Columbus and you have to say the story exactly how it is from top to bottom without missing the dates, all the main details. And then she would grade you. You get graded orally, basically. From a young age, okay, which that does not happen in Ireland. It only happens in secondary school and it's only with languages. So in Albania, this is instilled in you from a very young age. It's quite a rush of adrenaline and like stress when you're younger, you know, because you have to know it or else you'll get a bad grade. Like. And so you're all used to that system. All of these things I just spoke about, I obviously kept with me when I moved to Ireland and went into an Irish primary school. As I was saying, anytime a teacher would come into the room, you'd have to stand up. At the beginning, I did that, but I did it like very like on the slide. And so like the teacher came in one day and I got up, but then I saw that no one else got up. So I just pretended that I was fixing my chair to literally save myself from the embarrassment lie. Because I was like, oh my God, I'm already young, foreign, new. I can't be doing this kind of stuff. I would very much stress myself out as a child. And as well, one time I'm pretty sure the teacher asked me a question and I stood up and it was like really awkward for me. So then I had to like sit back down and I realized that no one else was standing up. And I was like, this is so rude. Like, why aren't people standing up? I had a very kind of strict mindset when it came to school. Anytime that I was asked a question, I was afraid that I was getting graded there and then. And keep in mind, I had no English. So I was like, how am I getting graded when I literally cannot do it? I thought I was at such a disadvantage and I thought that I was going to fail the entire third class that I was in like I was like oh no I'm gonna do so bad this year and I'll have to stay behind great I was just extremely adamant to not fail you know because that's what I was here for for my education I had to just unlearn all of these things now I'm going to get into a little bit about how I learned English now I only plan on talking about this topic for a small while because I'm hoping to do a full episode on it coming here I knew no word of English I probably knew how to say cat and dog And that was about it. And that was from like my brother's English books in Albania. That's genuinely it. I had no idea how to construct a sentence. Nothing like that. 
So I come in to the class and I learned English through the teacher, of course, but also through the students. I was mute. Like, I understood that I couldn't speak Albanian to them because they were not going to understand it. So I was like, okay, might as well save myself the embarrassment here because then I'll just look like the crazy child who is speaking a different language in the school. Like, that's, that's the kind of mindset that I had back then. So I just didn't speak at all and I think it kind of like affected me a lot back then because I was like I cannot communicate with anyone you know like no one knows how I feel about this no one knows that I don't like doing this no one knows that I can't do this like some things gestures cannot say you know what I mean I remember one instance where we had just finished with our yard time or break time or whatever so we were coming back into the school back into class and I remember I needed to go to the bathroom but I couldn't say that I have to go to the bathroom so I didn't know how to ask for permission and I just decided that I would just go straight from the yard into the bathroom the teacher comes up and all the students are in the classroom but I'm not there and she's like hello has anyone seen Irina and I just hear them calling my name. I was like, oh my God, like, can they just wait five minutes while I'm done here and I will come out and I'm totally fine. Like, I'm not lost or anything like that. Because they thought that I had just gone off somewhere. Because I could just hear, like, worried kind of voices. So then I literally get out from the bathroom and my teacher is fully looking out the window for me. It was so dramatic. I was like, um, guys, like, I'm here. And I didn't know how to say I'm here. So I literally just walk up to the teacher and stand in front of her and wait for her to take a look at me. That's literally it. I did that for most things. Like anytime people would like ask for me, I would either put my hand up or I would just stand right in front of them and be like, just tell me what to do, please. As well, another funny story. This one is like iconic. Like this was a very dramatic one. I had yet to know a lot of English and I wasn't really sure how the school system worked. This was still the first couple of months of living in Ireland. One day my parents are late picking me up from school. Like at the beginning my parents would kind of forget me a lot. I wasn't like neglected or anything like that. It wasn't that dramatic okay. They would just forget because the time that I had to be picked up from school was different to Albanian times and it didn't always correlate with their schedule but also like they had to kind of figure out our documents and stuff like that and that kind of stuff had to be done during the day while offices were open and stuff so they were busy filling out stamp fours and visas and all of that crack whereas me and my brother were in school and so this one day they just don't show up and I waited for them for a good while I waited for like 15-20 minutes outside the school and at that point like everyone else had gone home and I was just there alone and so I take the initiative to walk home alone bear in mind I lived half an hour away from the school, so I just take the initiative and I go off about my journey. I had no idea where my home was. Like, I kind of felt like I knew it, but I wasn't really sure. But I was like, look, I'll try it out. If I get lost, I'll just return back to the school. I kind of made myself a plan here. And I start walking, backpack on me. I just keep going. I was like, my parents are surely home. I'll just meet them there. I come up to, like, Quirk University Hospital. At this point, I was like, okay, I think I got it. Like, I'm almost there. I, I kind of could remember the way, remember the traffic lights, what was here and what I had to cross. Like, a child on their own at nine years old. Well, especially a foreign child who has no English and nothing. Like, I could have easily just been kidnapped and who would have known? Because I didn't tell anyone where I was going. Like, anyways, at CUH, and there's just a guard walking. Like, he's crossing the road and I'm going the other way. And he just sees me and all he does is just smile. And I was absolutely terrified. I was like, oh my god, the police, like, 
what if he brings me into the station? Like, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely had the fear. I was like, oh my God, he's going to see that I'm unsupervised. He's going to take me. I was like, I'm going to be away from my parents. Like, I watched a lot of movies when I was younger, so I was well aware how that kind of worked. So I cross and I like immediately feel so relieved. I was like, okay, let's go through like the shopping center and then we're almost home. Now, throughout this entire time, my parents had gone to the school to collect me, of course. They're like half an hour late at that point. They go up to the principal and they're like, oh, like, where is Irina? Because they couldn't see anyone there. And she says, oh, I thought she got collected. I really, I'm not sure where she is. No one knows where I am like no secretary no nothing no one had seen me so the principal was obviously really worried she's like okay like if she doesn't show up we'll have to call the guards we'll have to do all this my mom is absolutely terrified the woman had no English herself so she had no idea what she was being told but my dad of course knew English because he had lived here before as we know and so my mom is trembling at the knees as she says my principal decides to call over to a friend of mine who lived close to the school at the time and she goes up there and she's like have you seen Irina the girl has no idea like she thinks I walked home but no clue when my mom hears this she freaks she's like how can she walk home she has no idea where her house is like like I had only walked with my parents and I relied on them to guide me I didn't really pay attention to where I was going much but apparently I had paid attention because I made it all the way to Wilton shopping center which is very close to my house at the time so this entire thing is going on my dad decides to stay like around the school looking for me my principal's on a search whereas my mom decides to walk back home to see if I will show up there and so just as I'm about to exit the shopping center I just see my mom walk through the double doors and she's literally freaked out, like almost bawling, crying. And I absolutely run to her arms. I can't believe that a familiar face is here. Like, I could not believe that I was seeing my mom. She explains it so, so well. But she just couldn't, like, she genuinely thought that I was kidnapped, lost in a ditch somewhere, as parents worry, you know. I don't blame her. Like, I definitely shouldn't have done that. But I just was an impatient child and I had to go home like I couldn't wait she was so relieved she immediately calls my dad she's like oh my god I have her and my dad like says so sorry to the principal because obviously like I just had caused all this drama the principal was so relieved they didn't have to call the guards they didn't have to alarm anyone and the next day the principal was like hmm so like where were you off to she was telling me like she was like you know you're very worried about you and like kind of giving me some some criticism some advice to be like you know don't don't walk home and stuff like that without telling anyone as she should, of course. I was quite a rebel. Like, I, I do this often as well to my parents. Like, I would just start walking off home without them knowing at all. And they would arrive to the school and I was halfway home and they would get so annoyed. And ever since that day, my parents had to get me a phone. They just had to keep tabs on where I was. Like, I was in a different country. I could easily get lost. Something terrible could happen to me. They were just very worried about my safety ever since then. And I did this kind of stuff so often, I would just leave the school and not tell them. It was the right thing to do. And people in my class were like, oh my goodness, she has a phone. It was a block yet, to be fair. But I had it because I genuinely needed it at the time. Now, my childhood changed completely. Like, this really did force me to grow up really fast. And I already thought that I was grown up. Like, arriving into, an I into this Irish school, I knew a lot of the stuff that the Irish kids didn't know growing up. And I had such a different mentality and a much more mature mentality as well. The kids in my school were 
playing with these Nintendos and Littlest Pet Shops and like Bratz dolls. Whereas school for me in Albania was not like that at all. Like during our year time, like we would rarely play really. Like I don't remember us in first and second class playing with toys. First of all, we weren't allowed to bring toys to school. You're in primary school now, it was time to get serious. So arriving here, I thought that the students took school as a joke. Like I genuinely did. First of all, I'd never seen a Nintendo. I've never actually owned a Nintendo. I've played it twice, I believe. If you gave one to me now, I would not know what to do with it. Like I'm not even joking. I've also never had a Tamagotchi and students had those as well. I don't know what a Tamagotchi is. I think you have to like grow a pet or feed it or something. Couldn't tell you how to play it, like genuinely couldn't. Did not have those toys growing up in Albania or in Ireland. I would never ask my parents to get me those toys as well because I knew how expensive they were, like just by looking at them. So I never asked for them to get it because I also was extremely aware of our financial situation at the time we just moved countries you know we had to build money like we had to work for it loads so I couldn't just be selfish and go ahead and ask my parents for a Nintendo just because my birthday was coming up in September I was never going to do that I was extremely cautious of what was going on in my at home life like I would never splurge or ask my parents to do that for me the most I would ask them to get was like a Kinder Egg. I'm not even kidding. Like myself and my brother would collect the toys that were from Kinder Eggs when we were younger. And that was literally the only toys that we knew here in Ireland. No joke. And our PlayStation, of course, we brought that as well. Now I'm going to get into a little bit about mine and my brother's relationship. Because I think it plays a really important part into all of this we only had each other really I mean we only we only spoke about things that were going on in the house with each other we didn't really go up to our parents at the time because they were going through a whole lot on their own which they have their own story so I'm not going to talk about it too much but we kind of discussed it ourselves and it helped that he was older really because he was a bit of like a third parent for me and like although he was a teenager like I was I felt quite guided by him and I really looked up to him and we just had such a great relationship and I'm so grateful that we did at the time because it could have been the complete opposite where we both hated each other and hated the situation that we were in which we still hated the situation but we were glad that we were going through it together and always talking about it and stuff like that. Now in Albania when we were still living there I did not have my own room of course, because we were house of six or five, I guess, because my dad was living in Ireland for a while. I couldn't have my own room and neither did my brother. So I slept with my mom, like ever since I was a baby to the age of eight, I slept in her bed with her, of course. So I was very much used to having someone around all the time. My brother slept in my grandparents' room. So we were always, like, we never slept in our own room. Like, we didn't have that privacy ever. So when we did move to Ireland, we were living in a big house with four rooms. And the two of us got to have our individual room. And I absolutely hated this. Like, you would think that you would love it because kids, of course, they love that stuff, I guess. But I just didn't. I hated being alone. I was terrified because like we were used to having family around all of the time. If we weren't home, we were at my other granny's house from my mom's side and that house was always filled. They had four kids. They were a house of like seven or eight. It was so much fun or else I would go to my aunt's house and that was filled too. Like I was always with family around, constantly with people. I was used to having big groups of people in the house. Like that's just kind of the life that 
is in Albania. Like we love being around people. We love being social. They just thrive off of it, really. And when we moved to Ireland, we had no one. Like we didn't have any family close to us. So it was just the four of us in this huge house. Like I was terrified as a kid because it, was, it just felt so empty. And it was something that I wasn't used to. And there wasn't like any noise or like, wasn't like my grandparents giving out about something or like it was none of that at all. At the time we didn't have a computer so we could have someone on Skype all the time or on MSN, Messenger or anything like that. So it was just completely empty and I hated it. And sleeping in a bed by myself was just my biggest nightmare. My parents thought it would be a good idea to get my brother to sleep in the same room as me. I had my bed on one side and we added his bed on the other side of the room because the room was quite big to fit two beds, thankfully. That was good for me, but I don't think it was good for him. He was obviously a teenager, like he needed his privacy, he needed his own space, of course. He was like 14 and I had just taken that away from him. But I think because you're going through the same thing, I don't think you minded too much because he also hated the loneliness. We slept in the same room from the age of what like nine until I think my brother turned like 18 so for four years because he was 14 and when he was 18 we were like look he asked me about like but as well I was getting older so I was way more comfortable being alone and I got used to the lifestyle etc now because myself and my brother were staying in the same room we were with each other all the time like together 24 7 eventually we got a computer in our room as well which we were lucky to have that wasn't normal thing for children to have computers in their room when we were growing up and anytime i would tell my primary school friends that they're like what that is unreal but like, my parents didn't really like they weren't like strict with us in that way like we could have those things they trusted us besides the point because we got along so well and we were with each other all the time and he was basically all I had close to my age in the beginning because I couldn't make friends because I couldn't speak English so all I had was him really to hang out with and just to chat with and stuff. I looked up to him so much as well when I was younger because he influenced me so much, really. Growing up, everyone was like interested in their like high school musical, like some Zach and Cody, some show, stuff like that, which I was as well. But like the minute I got home, my brother would just be blasting some Tupac in the house or some Dr. Dre and I was absolutely taking all of it in, like, loving the music, loving the vibes. I would be rapping some of those words, not the bad ones, of course, because I would get in trouble. But I definitely should not have been hearing those words at all, like. And then I'd go to school and I'd be like, oh my god, do you hear the new Eminem song? <laughs> like, I'm not even joking, like. Like, when I'm gone, you know that one song? I literally could, like, rap that from top to bottom, like, when I was younger. I just cannot believe it. And, like, my brother was grand, like, he was like, yes, like, let's turn her into a little rapper herself. Like, he was just so proud of it. Loved that I was loving the same music as him. And it was terrible. I was like, here, no one, no one can relate. Like, what am I supposed to do with this information? But, and as well, that has just influenced my music now. Because I still listen to so much rap. And, like, of course, living with my brother, that's all you get, like. And my brother would also walk me to school every morning. So we walked half an hour to school and it was half an hour back home as well. And in the morning he would walk me. And because we didn't have a car, my parents thought it would be a good idea to get me a wheelie bag so that I didn't have to carry all those books. On our walk to school, my brother would like roll the bag for me. Like I just did 
nothing like I was a little princess he would just carry it for me all the time and it, I had no problem carrying it like he just chose to do it I mean we had such a good relationship like I said before he was such a third parent a guardian like another carer for me um he always knew his role was kind of to look after me because he was the older one and he did it really well like I I'm so grateful for it I couldn't have asked for a better relationship with my brother because I remember saying it to kids at the time being like yeah like my brother does this for me my brother does that and they're like what like my brother just tells me to shut up all the time or like my sister doesn't do a thing or like they give out to me whatever and I would get so shocked like in Albania like I said before we're really family oriented we're really close with our family especially your siblings like you have to get along there's no you don't have a choice and I'm well aware that our age is quite big like it's almost six years so it was easier for us like of course me and brother do have like bickering and stuff like that but like we've never had to like stop speaking to each other for like a day or two that's just never been a thing for us it is now time for our interview of the week segment and this week's interview goes like this i emigrated from albania to ireland because my husband lived here before me After a few years, I got the chance to come here with my kids. I got my citizenship two or three years after moving here because thankfully my husband was already a citizen. Getting citizenship meant I could travel everywhere and this was nice for me because it meant I could visit home. I learned some English in school, but I only knew a little bit when I arrived here. It was not too difficult learning the language because I started working straight away and this helped me learn very fast. Not very good English, but I learned quickly. I started working in a coffee shop and it was a small bit difficult because I did not know the words for all the food and the orders. But people here are so nice. They helped me learn a lot about everything. Some countries do not have it so bad when it comes to direct provision. Now that they are going to change the system in Ireland, I hope that the experience will be better for everyone in these centres. Something that I found difficult to adapt to in the beginning was the Irish food because we have such different food and tastes. Other than that... Irish people are nice and easy to make friends with. I visit Albania every year because I have my family there that I'm close with, but I would never move back there. I feel like I'm at home here. My kids are so happy here. I work here. We have two businesses and my kids work in our businesses as well. Overall, Ireland is better. Now, what I loved about this story is the fact that she has two businesses. It's great to see how far they've come from moving here with not a loss, to getting to the point where they can own two businesses and run them as a family. I think this is such a huge achievement. But also, when it comes to supporting local businesses and Irish businesses, I think many people do tend to forget that a foreign business in Ireland is still an Irish business. Like, people are so focused on the names of brands, the names of businesses and shops and stuff like that. Maybe they might forget that the kebab is also paying its taxes into Ireland and contributing to our economy. And with this, I just want to say that we should be supporting immigrant Irish businesses as well because they're contributing just as much. Immigrants are paying their taxes and they are doing their best to help our economy. And maybe they are forgotten think it's a great idea to support them and not forget that side of the industry. 
Okay, so I believe that I covered everything that I wanted to for today. So I think that is all for now. But most importantly, I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I hope you found it insightful or maybe you learned something new or are more aware of your surroundings and the people around you. Anyways, I'm just really grateful and really appreciative. And it genuinely means so much that people are listening to this. Okay, I'm going to end it here. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you have any questions, please head over to our Instagram at 2integrated. I would be so, so happy to answer them. Thank you so, so much. See you next time.